So, Shahid, I have just gotten back from WWDC, Apple's developer conference. So, considering E3 now happens at the exact same time, I am completely out of the loop of what happened this year. I've watched a couple of, like, catch-up videos, so I know, like, the big headlines, but I have no real feeling for what the conference was like itself, or I don't even think they call it a conference. What would the actual name for E3 be? I just call it a show. Show, yeah, because it's not it's not a conference in the same way, right? It's more like a industry show, I guess. As, exactly. As yeah. So, I would really love to know uh, what happened this year, but I think it would be great if you could put E3 in a little bit of perspective for you. E3, for me, is where the industry gets to feel good about itself. It's. <laughs> almost an institution no there's no almost about it it absolutely is an institution and the reason i think the industry feels good about itself around e3 is because it grew out of a dissatisfaction that video games were not getting adequate billing at ces because before e3 of course video game publishers and platform holders and so on would go to i think it was a summer summer ces um, and I never got to go to CES, so of course loads of people I know in the industry did. And E3 was going to focus entirely on video games. So that started in 1995, and it's been uh, an annual event since then. And apart from a couple of grim years where it was based in Atlanta, it's always held at the LA Convention Center. Now it's funny you should say that um, you don't really get a, a feel for it. You can actually get to find out more by not going, funnily enough. Because that's very much like WWDC, actually. Because when you're there, you're doing things, you're in with people, you don't find out like the little details that come out. um, And they tend to have to be like kind of scavenged over the week. Yeah. Yeah, I completely get that. I, I I could also imagine that you're meeting with so many like minded people. And that's got to be so exciting, because how often do you get to do that where everyone's in the same place, right? Yeah, exactly. And it must be the exact same thing for you, right? Absolutely. So we we were basically spiritual twins. And the interesting thing is, I've actually, for many, many years now, had this dirty secret, which is no longer a secret, hasn't been secret for a few years, actually. Let's face it, it's not dirty, it's not secret. I love Apple. And so I've been staring over at WWDC while E3's been going on, uh, wondering what it would be like to be there. So one of these years, I am going to have to do the switch and see what WWDC is it's like. It's always the same week. It just tends to be, right? Yeah. Just out of just it's it's just bad coincidence, really. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not ideal. Like, they've got to sort out that cloning thing, you know. Yep. That was cloning hard. and reintegration. Mm-hmm. So 95, when it started, I mean, to put things into perspective, that was the era of the launch period of Sega Saturn and the PlayStation 1, you know, that kind of window. Um, I went to that one. I'm pretty sure I did. And I went to either the first or the second one in Atlanta. And I don't have very fond memories of the Atlanta one because it was 100 Fahrenheit or something crazy like that. It's definitely 100 or over. And there was one point at which, because of my diabetes, I actually was on the floor and needed to be helped by someone with several ice-cold drinks with um, tons of sugar in. 
So there you go. That's what I remember. But of, of the LA E3s, they've always been great. They've always been wonderful places where you get to meet people in the industry. And that's the other thing, I guess, to clarify for people who don't know. E3 is not um, a consumer event. It's not a customer event. It's absolutely an industry event. But people go, though, right? They do, yeah. I mean, you can, you know, if, if you're a blogger, you can get in. If, you know, if you're running a Twitch channel, you can get in. So, And this is something that's changed over the years because it was more of a consumer event, if I remember correctly. But then they kind of pulled back on that because it got a, got a bit big and boof baby. Close. It was always, um, it was always industry. Always industry. But what happened was because it got so big and because the definition started to include so many people and there was so much blurring you didn't really have to be industry you could just about you know have any old credentials and get in so because just about anyone was getting in there was a period where they started to scale things back significantly and um the number of visitors e3 typically gets is anywhere around 40 to 70,000 but it was 2007 and 2008 they decided to scale it back and it kind of lost the impact i mean you're right before that it got really booth baby and it was just it was embarrassing frankly you know really embarrassing um and i I guess they did the right thing so there was a retrenchment and they went down to i think at one point they had about five or six thousand visitors in one of the two those years maybe the second year so it became really exclusive but then nobody really went. I mean, I didn't even get to go at those times because it got so exclusive. I could have gone, um, but I didn't. Actually, no, I went one of the years, uh, but the other I didn't. So it was good, I think, when it got back to its normal kind of a bit more inclusive kind of feel. I think a balance is really important, right? Like I understand what they were going for when they tried to shut it down a bit, which was to kind of focus the event. But I think in that, in doing that, it lost a lot of its, like... Allure, I guess. Absolutely. The numbers help. You know, you got a lot of presence there. Um, even if large publishers or platform holders are not actually in one of the exhibition halls, they'll be doing a press event to kind of ride off the back of the tide of that, which is why E3 is so important. You know, it's the one pulse point, the, the spike of the pulse every year for the games industry, where the whole world's eyes are on the video games industry. So if you want to announce something, that really is a time. GDC is getting better at that, but E3 is still the king of the hill. And so it's got that magic, you know, and I don't think it's ever lost any of that magic, even though you can get so much of what happens off the internet, just to be in one place where pretty much everyone you meet is in the industry and pretty much everyone you know in the industry is likely to be there. So that kind of makes it very special indeed. There are a lot of other reasons as well. I think the the press events have become a real hallmark of E3. People get really excited and hyped up about E3 announcements. They get excited about GDC and Tokyo Games Show, but that's really for the aficionados. E3 is where the world's press gets to catch uh, the games industry in full flow and that's when you'll get maximum exposure for just about anything i mean i'll give you an example and we're going to talk about no man's sky again mm-hmm. i don't think i'm sorry i don't think no man's sky would have made the impact that it did had it not been revealed at playstation's presser at e3 in 2014 and it made the front page of the bbc website that's never going to happen on any other day you know so that to me shows us 
that as an industry, we've come a really long way. Yep. And, and the reason for that is simply that we're not talking about a Grand Theft Auto here. With all due respect to Hello Games, you know, Grand Theft Auto is a billion-dollar uh, revenue-generating franchise that can achieve that kind of gross revenue in a matter of days. No Man's Sky is a game of ridiculous scope, frankly, made by an absolutely impossibly tiny team. But it's an unknown entity, though. That's, yeah. yeah, and there it was, you know, punching it out in the heavyweight stakes on the front pages everywhere and winning dozens and dozens of awards. That's what E3 can do for you. If you get something right, E3 will do that for you. Plus, you get to see, as I say, all of your friends. You get to try all of the games in one place. You get to see how excited people are. I would say an event like PAX, there are several PAXs, are much better for getting a feel of how popular a game is with customers. But E3 is a place where you get to find out how popular a game is likely to be with the industry and with customers in the longer term. It's not necessarily where you go to do business, okay? But it is a good place to start relationships and to keep refreshing old relationships as well. I mean, I, I get to meet people from the UK who I never meet in the UK, but I get to meet them at E3 in LA. Today's episode of Remaster is brought to you in part by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website, or online store. Start building your own website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code insertcoin at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. With easy-to-use tools and templates, Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you, because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. Squarespace put all of the power that you need into your hands and take away the pain points like worrying about hosting, scaling, or what to do if you get stuck with something. With Squarespace, you can build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level with no coding required. They have state-of-the-art technology to power your site. They ensure security and stability at all times. This is why they're trusted by millions of people around the world and huge brands and companies as well. Their 24-7 support with live chat and email means that you'll always have somebody there in case you need any help. They have a commerce platform which allows you to add a store to your site so you can sell physical and digital goods. They have rock-solid fast hosting, cover pages to build great-looking single-page websites, and so much more. If you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name allowing you to choose exactly what you want your site to be called and their plans start at just $8 a month. Sign up for a free trial today with no credit card required and start building your own website straight away by going to squarespace.com. Then when you decide to sign up, use the offer code insertcoin at checkout. This will get you 10% off your first purchase and show your support for Remaster. Thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so that's a real nice way to frame E3, especially in a way that it means to you. But what happened this year? I mean, you know, I guess we could start focusing on the big three, Microsoft, PlayStation, and whatever it was Nintendo decided to bring with them. Um, Microsoft, I think, were first. They were happening at the same time as Apple's conference, so like break a door Monday morning type thing. Yeah, Microsoft, I thought, had a good conference. Yeah, I did actually just say that. They did have a good conference. They did. They did. Yeah. I watched I mean, so I've watched some recap videos and stuff and they seemed to that they had a, a pretty good showing. Yeah, and I'm really pleased for them. I'm really pleased for the industry that they seem to be picking up some momentum. And the announcements I guess that really captured the imagination were Project Scorpio, 
Um, and to some extent, Xbox One S. It's kind of like a PlayStation Slim. Um, no Connect port, funnily enough, which I think is the right sort of thing. No one's really getting into Connect. But Scorpio sounds like an absolute screamer of a machine. It's not due out, I think, until holiday season 2017, I believe. Yeah, this is, uh, this is interesting, right? Um, you've got a console that... I guess I guess this is their VR console, right? They're, they're kind of being a, being a bit shady with it because, like, a lot of the text that I'm seeing mentions Oculus, but doesn't say that it is, right? Like, it's like, hey, we've worked with Oculus. Oh, and by the way, we have this thing we're working on. Um, so, Scorpio seems to be a super high power console, right? They're saying the most powerful console of all time, and they're saying they're gonna it's gonna be their VR console and it's gonna do 4K, right? That that's kind of the three things that they're saying. But we don't really have more details than that, do we? No. It's it's just going to be incredibly powerful. And I think they wanted to make a statement about that. Yeah, incredibly powerful means, in theory, you could plug an Oculus into this, right? Like, I think that's what they're kind of hinting at. Yeah. And if you can, I mean, that's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. They're talking about running um, 4K games at 60 frames per second on this, which frankly just boggles the mind so are they building a pc yeah, yeah. but then they all are i mean the, the, <laughs> the ps you know except nintendo probably yeah and we'll we'll see eh? I, I haven't got a clue what the um uh, nx architecture is going to be but i'd be really surprised if they didn't go for some kind of pc architecture variant we'll see it depends on what kind of device they're going to make if they're going to do something that's split then maybe it doesn't make sense to go for a pc architecture because of power requirements and so on you know if they've got some handheld component maybe they want to use more power efficient chips a holiday season 2017 is a long way away yeah that's a long way away yeah do you think they did this so like it it doesn't hurt them so much when they haven't got anything vr to show you know, like in the same way that we'll get to this, but like how Sony pre-announced the Neo without showing anything. It feels kind of like that. It's like, oh, hey, we are working on it. Don't worry. I don't know if it's so much of a VR play as a VR hedge, but also an attempt to steal the crown of most powerful console again. I say steal. Huh. I mean, it, because it doesn't exist yet. When it does then it does look well-placed to be the most powerful console of them all. And I think it kind of stung them that PS4 beat Xbox One in the power stakes. Because that was unusual, you know, with... You could say that with Xbox 360 looking back, and I know we're going off topic a little bit, but I guess it's worth setting a little bit of the, the context and frame for this. Xbox 360 was as powerful as a PS3 initially... But then the PS3 had more potential to be powerful. And PS3 just about started to show what it was capable of towards the end of its life cycle. Of course, everything's changed now. Nobody can afford to make that mistake. So everything's got to be reasonably easy to program. So I think Microsoft were a little surprised that PlayStation went for slightly more power. And that stung a little bit. And they just want to have that crown because they're also in the PC space as well. They've also got, um, you know, the the Play Anywhere initiative, which is kind of like a mini universal. Well, it feels like Sony's attempt to cross-buy. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that. I think it's crazy for people not to offer that. 
I think it's going to be more difficult. Uh, honestly, like I'm looking at it, like that's two platforms. Like the 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 Vita and the PS4 to me at least feel more linked than than this does. But this is like PC and Xbox. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I don't know how many people would take advantage of that. Like the Vita and the PS4 makes sense for like playing at home and playing on the go. And, but like the, uh, play anywhere feels like two systems you have at home. Yeah, with completely different use cases. Yeah, you know, PC, PC lean forward, um, Xbox lean back. Um, and, it, you know, you, you're going to... If you're a PC games player, if you're a hardcore PC games player, why are you going to have a console? Yeah. It, it, this feels like just a nice thing to put on the box. Like, the the, the, um, the intention of added value and how that helps a consumer, right? You, you get in your mind, oh, it's a better a deal for me because I get it two places. Well, it's also an interesting angle on the whole. Is it better to have an exclusive game or is it better to try and spread the risk across many platforms, which we've talked about mm-hmm. before? I think there are arguments both ways. We'll see. I mean, I'm excited about Scorpio. I'm really interested to see what kind of game it will allow to be possible. Like you, I'm interested in whether there's some kind of VR play in this. I think there has to be. Yeah, yeah, I I guess. I mean, it... Here's the other thing. I think VR is going to be successful. I think it's going to take time for it to be successful. And what this does is it places them right in the middle of the most appropriately powerful console for VR at that point. Unless another console manufacturer is working on something we don't know about. Hmm. And then Xbox One S, I guess, a straightforward, slim kind of update. Everything we'd expected, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. This this might be the replacement for my Xbox One. It's, oh, did you you never got that fixed, right? No. Uh, I mean, at this point, I don't trust the Xbox One. You know, I, this this guy sitting right here, he's already broken on me once. I don't trust him. I mean, I'm mm. long I'm long away from needing an Xbox. Really, in all honesty, mm. like there's only one Xbox exclusive game on the list, like on the horizon that I have any interest in playing, and that's Cuphead. You know, and that's just like a small indie game you know but it looks so beautiful but everything that they announced looks great i mean we'll get to those but there's nothing in there that like for me is a must play so i loved um play dead's the insider all right tell me a bit about that that um has been announced before but it didn't get um it didn't get much airtime sadly but i th- that's being reviewed now or previewed now and it just looks beautiful. It's clearly inspired, certainly in terms of look, um, by Limbo. I wouldn't oh, yeah. call it a successor, but, you know, because it, it steps up the game so much in so many ways. They're a great studio. They make great stories. They make great visuals. Hey, it's come into Steam, so I can plug my, yeah, uh, I can plug yeah. my PS4 controller in and go crazy. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, let's say that is a Play Anywhere game. I don't know if it is or not, but, you know, if you're going to plug your controller into your PC, why would you need an Xbox and what's the point of the Play Anywhere? I guess it suits you, but it doesn't help uh, Xbox. Might help Microsoft, doesn't help Xbox. No. But they had a few other good games as well. I mean, Forza Horizon 3, I thought, looked great. Yeah, I mean, those games have always been fun, uh, but I can find them to get a bit boring like the the straight up racing simulator like i've always preferred games like need for speed which are larger than life or burnout 
like the GT, uh, the Gran Turismo and the Forza, like for me, they get a bit boring. Yeah, I'm kind of in your camp. I loved the original Gran Turismo, but, you know, after I'd played the first one to death, yeah. I mean, I don't know, I must have put in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours into that. I just didn't see the point of doing it all over again. Yeah, the straight up driving sim is is not exciting to me. Like, I like to be able to smash into a wall and carry on going, <laughs> you know? Like, because that's how I like to play those games. And But, like, the straight up, like, now you need to get a driving license in Gran Turismo. Yeah. I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Not doing it. So. so you like play and not simulation. Exactly. I mean, and that's yeah. not the same for all games. I mean, I play American Truck Simulator. But for, for these type of racing games, I like kind of, it's not a nice way to say it, it's balls to the wall, full adrenaline, like just go crazy let's put some nitrous in there and just shoot down the straight like that's the type of racing game that i enjoy mm. even though the last new for speed was an absolute nightmare because mm. uh, it was the uh, the one that had the always online so you couldn't pause it oh yeah i remember you Dear saying about God. this yeah. yeah it's the one of the worst decisions i've ever seen like a racing game you cannot pause so someone knocks at the door and you immediately lose the game I guess it's very hard to to kind of get around that if you are playing online, but if you're not, and it just happens to be online, then, you know, persistence has its price. They don't need to make it. They don't need to make it always online. It's just not necessary. Mm. Well, it looked a bit motorstorm, but it did look absolutely fabulous. Um, it won't convince me to buy an Xbox. Yeah. Sea of Thieves looked great. That might do. Was that the, uh, the ship's game? Yeah, yeah. I mean... That's from Rare. It's an interesting idea, right? Like, uh, let's make a kind of a... a, a, Is it online? It feels like it's online. You know, I didn't even notice. But, like, I don't know. Like, just the the premise of the game feels like an online game. Like, let's make Mm. a shooter game, which is ships, right? It's like, okay, this is an interesting thing. But I don't know. I feel like unless you're really into that, that's going to be a nightmare to control. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how many of these I'd actually want to play necessarily. At the moment, it's, you know, the kind of list I'm going through is about visual prowess. And they really, no one's complaining about um, poor Xbox One visuals. That's, you know, that, that I think is a big change from last year, where people were saying it doesn't look quite as good on Xbox as it does on PS4. I think they stepped up the game. Um, certainly the studios they're working with either their their own or external parties have stepped up their game on the Xbox so things are beginning to look really really good on Xbox now yeah no, no doubt so overall I mean you know quite a few sequels I'd say in terms of tone I'd say it's a really competent um, really good quality showing from, from Xbox do you know what it had a real good feel to it and I, and I have to say right this is this maybe sounds bad, right? So I've, see, I've seen some of the press conferences. Microsoft and Sony were very different in tone. Um, and there were a couple of key things that did this. And it's like in the presenters, in the way to set up the stages. Microsoft was very, come on, dude, bro, let's go like play some games, right? Like it had that kind of feel to it. Where PlayStation bring out an orchestra. Like I'm not saying like which one is right. Yeah. But there was a very different feel to those 
press conferences. And I don't know if it is a corporate culture feel or whatever, but there was a very much like an aggressive, we're going to kick some butt kind of feeling to Microsoft. And Sony was maybe a little bit more like, let's enjoy some games together. Would you agree with that? Definitely. There was, uh, I think it's not just um, accidental. I think there's a definite targeting of and an understanding of the kind of people who like these consoles and that there there is a dividing line maybe for microsoft right now like the, the its audience its core audience is in the we need to kick some butt stage because their butt is being kicked so maybe like the kind of aggressive we're the best we're going to rule the world type feeling is what they need right now because they are so far behind sony yeah, and I think that's always much better tolerated uh, by a company in second place. If Sony came out and were like, we're going to kill everyone, it's like, all right, guys, like... <laughs> steady on. Steady on. Like, we're, you're, you're doing all right as you are. Like, just, just chill a bit. I also want to thank Igloo for their continued support of this show. Igloo are the internet that you'll actually like. With Igloo, you don't have to be stuck at your desk to do your work. You can manage your task list, your documents, even share status updates from wherever you are. It doesn't matter what device you're on, whether it's a tablet, a smartphone, a desktop, a laptop, it doesn't matter. Igloo is with you wherever you want to work, and it's always going to look great as well because they have fantastic customization tools to make your Igloo look and feel exactly as you want. They have drag-and-drop widget editors to help you build pages and group spaces and with role-based access permissions you'll be able to reorganize the whole platform to fit exactly how the individual teams in your company work you can integrate with services like box google drive and dropbox to keep all of your company documents safe and secure they have 256-bit encryption single sign-on and active directory integrations you can also share files with your co-workers in igloo's collaboration engine which also features red receipts so you know exactly who has seen the critical information that needs to be seen in your company it's time to break away from the internet that you hate. Go and sign up for Igloo right now and you can try them for free of any team of up to 10 people for as long as you want. Sign up today at igloosoftware.com slash remaster. There's no harm in trying them out. Thank you so much to Igloo for supporting this show and Relay FM. Yeah, so Microsoft, I was impressed. And of course, 10 years ago at E3, it was Bill Gates himself who talked about Xbox 360 at their press event. So interesting transition during the last decade i can't imagine that one over as well uh, I, you know I don't, I don't know how he would have been for games right like i don't know if he's the right man to show off video games but hey ho well he's not doing stuff like this anymore and neither is satya nadella so i think you're absolutely right microsoft now understand tone a lot better they certainly learned a lot about it over the last three years the last three threes spencer is a good presenter yeah and and leaning on that is a is a good thing to do. He seems to really understand what it takes to put that across. And he is maybe a little bit more aggressive in just the way that he sounds. So I think they like build the whole presentation around that, you know? Yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So tell me about uh tell me about your old home. What did what did Sony do? I think PlayStation had a really polished presentation. Incredibly polished. And it was highly unusual in that there was very little talking. There's none of that statistic stuff and strategy stuff. It was a few words and it was games, 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 yeah. you know. It's just 
Uh, and the thing is, video after video of really impressive work. What's the name of the guy that uh, introed the the event? Do you do you mean the the president? Yeah, that's Sean Layden. He's the the head of, I guess, what they now call S I E A. Right, because he is. I mean, so this is going back to the tone thing and the reason that I brought up Spencer. Layden is super calm and chill, right? Like he comes out and he's like. I don't know, like, he sounds all fancy, you know? Like, he's like, we've got some great games. You know, I don't know, like, he's got, like, a nice kind of calming tone to him, uh, which is completely different to Spencer. He's like that in real life. Ah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what, what you see is what you get with Sean. Yeah. Uh, when he came out the stage, that's exactly how he in- interacts with you in, in day-to-day life. So he is a really relaxed, calm, uh, considered man. So let's go through the games, shall we? Mm-hmm. In no particular order. Um, I think people were, well, well, actually, no, let's start with the orchestra. Oh, oh my what God. a great touch. Yeah. I, I think just about everybody who was at the press conference was blown away, particularly by that touch. I so thought it was really classy. They mainly brought that in for God of War, right? Because the guy who was the conductor was the God of War composer. Yeah. Yeah, and what what a nice way to to intro that game as well. It was it was wonderful. God of War is one of my favorite games of all time. So I think they have handled uh, certainly from what we saw the the reboot really elegantly. Was there any VR component to God of War? No. See, it feels Not- like it would be perfect for that, right? Like even to put in one of those, like we might talk about this later, like the throwaway Final Fantasy type things, you know, like one level. But looking up at one of those huge bosses, you know, that feels like it would be a lot of fun to do. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to get my head around how you would make that work. And I don't want to think about it too much. And thankfully, I don't have to. <laughs> we'll let Santa Monica yeah. Studio focus on that. This is a problem in vr right now right it's like how do you mm. take existing games and and there are some that work and some that don't and right i prefer for the ones that don't that they do nothing yeah you're right i'm quite happy for god of war not to do anything right now yeah but, but you're if right they I can mean, find a way to do it it'll yeah be sweet. and and you know the point you make about scale is particularly important in vr scale works really well uh-huh. of all the demos and playables i've seen in vr it, the ones that emphasize scale are really powerful right so that'd be nice. But yeah, I, I like the way they took the character who was basically this rage machine uh-huh. and turned him into someone who, who looked physically more impressive than the previous God of War, but was more concerned. And you, you could feel that he was more concerned about the protection and well-being of his vulnerable son, his charge, you know? And I thought that introduced a really interesting tension. Throughout that whole demo, I was thinking, oh, please, God, don't let anything happen to this kid, you know? And I can imagine that that's going to make for a really powerful story. So I'm really looking forward to it. I know that they've changed a fair bit. Some God of War fans won't won't be too happy, but I'm excited by it. And then, of course, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, which had a long and impressive demo. I thought the demo went on longer than it needed to but nonetheless looked absolutely amazing. Uh-huh. Um, and of course, The Last Guardian. Any more information about this? No, not really. It's just like, it's still alive, we promise. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I've heard people I respect say that they're not totally convinced by the camera just yet, but everything else is fantastic. Okay. So we'll see. So they're see. still working on it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. All right. Well, they, I can take that. They did announce a release date, didn't they? I've forgotten October something, maybe. Huh. Okay. I missed that. So we'll we'll see about that one. Um, Resident Evil 7 with a PSVR component. I know a lot of people cheered about that one, but let's wait and see. I'll be very interested to see how that one pans out. I will never, ever, 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 ever play that game in VR. <laughs> no way. No way. <laughs> Not doing it. <laughs> I tell you what, there are going to be plenty of experiences like that. So there'll be plenty of experiences for you to say, I'm steering clear of that. Yeah, I'm never, ever, ever, <laughs> ever playing that. Um, I'll, I guess I'll have to play it for you then. Yeah, you'll have to. You're going to yeah. have to be the one to report back on that for me. <laughs> There's no way in hell I'm going to play a Resident... Resident Evil terrifies me. Like, I don't even play Resident Evil anymore. Like, after yeah. maybe when I was 13, me and a friend played one of them. I can't remember which one it was. And he insisted on, like, closing the curtains and turning off the lights. And I will Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we think back to video gaming experiences that shaped our lives in some way. That shaped my life, but in a way that I'm not happy with. Oh. <laughs> not good, man. I will not. No, Resident Evil, no way. It's just, it's not even the scares. It's the it's the complete tension that I don't like. Yeah. I don't like that. I've kind of gone off Resident Evil. Resident Evil 4 was by far my favorite. I uh, loved that one to bits. Resident Evil 1 before that. But since 4, I've kind of gone off it. So I'm really looking forward to this one. And I'm going to try it in VR. And I'm going to report back. Uh, and talking of reporting back, of course, we had uh, Kojima-san on stage, which was a really big highlight of the event. Um, of course, he spreads his arms and goes, I'm back, which absolutely destroyed the audience. They absolutely loved that. So here's the thing for me, right? So I've I've seen that and I've seen um I've also seen the trailer for the game. Yeah, Death uh, Stranding. Yeah, which is a weird name, right? Yeah. Um Kojima's uh return for me is more exciting than the video than the trailer that they showed off because that trailer is baffling. It makes no sense to me at all. And I don't know whether that's meant to be the case, but for me, like seeing something so confusing doesn't excite me. I just li- get left with a lot of questions. I mean, it looked great. Um, there was maybe some of the character modeling seemed a bit strange. Uh, like it's it's Norman Reedus, right? Who's who is going to be in PT? Yeah, pretty sure. Like at times, like the 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 body that they were showing seemed completely out of scale in in places. I don't know if you got that or if I'm just being stupidly picky. Uh, but the the confusion shown in in that trailer does it yeah it just it didn't do it for me. What do you think? I ha- I have to be one of those people. Um, how do I say this politely? I'm not really a Metal Gear fan. Yeah, let me also go on record and say that I have played Metal Gear Solid games, but stopped playing them because the story was so convoluted it kept turning me away. Like, after watching, like, an hour at the end of Metal Gear Solid 2 of a story that I just couldn't understand, even though I played the previous game, I kind of got turned off a little bit from Kojima's work. He can make some incredible in-game experiences, 
Uh, but the storytelling, whilst some people super love it, it's it's too much for me. And also, you know, he has a bunch of other like questionable choices that he makes in his video games, which I don't want to get into right now. But I do want to say I don't appreciate from him. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not I'm not a massive fan of his like ball of yarn story storytelling. Yeah, I think I'm in the same boat as you as regards the storytelling. Everyone just stop listening, right? <laughs> yeah. Screw those I guess. guys. <laughs> <laughs> how many how many um uh viewers listeners did we lose there, I think? All of them. As a sound of several thousand. Yeah, just all turning off. Like look, I really appreciate the games that he makes, uh but I don't like the stories that he tells. So, uh now that it's all over for remaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean i understand why people like kojima-san's games and i think for that reason his appearance went down really really well amongst the cognoscenti and i think it's good for playstation i think that's the best way to cap that one off what do you reckon yeah um, it's great for playstation excellent yeah. business move you know what there might be a fantastic game here like seriously, and I expect that there will be, and maybe I'll get it. But um, just this this teaser trailer just didn't do it for me. But I bet you know people in the room were going crazy, mainly because he was there, right? Like I know that if I was there, I'd be like, ah, you know. But the the trailer itself didn't do it for me. I'm pleased that he's finally getting to work with Norman Reedus, right? Like obviously this is a thing that the two of them mm. have wanted to do, but were denied. So mm. I'm happy that they're working together on this. And I, I did like it that he spread his arms and said, I'm back. And that's yeah. all he said. That was, that was great. Cool. Yeah. Was super cool. I like the, uh, the lights on the floor, even though he walked a little bit too fast for them. It's just funny. <laughs> He's like, just ran out and the lights are still going on behind him. That's the nerves for you. Yeah, even man. with his experience. He hit that in rehearsal, I bet. <laughs> you can count on it. Mm-hmm. So the, for me, the, the other really sentimental uh, news was Crash being remastered yeah people went insane for that yeah. right yeah federico totally called that when we did our uncharted episode yeah and i totally didn't think it would happen but he was like no man they're gonna remaster it and i just didn't see it yeah i'm very very happy about that um star wars vr yeah you know of course of course we're gonna play that so um, into that so into that so it's x-wing right you're an x-wing fighter pilot yeah. They could do a lightsaber one. Yeah, with a, with a move controller, yeah. I guess. That would be the obvious thing. Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't immediately go with that, to be honest. Because, mm. you know, they, they'd bump the price up because they'd have to bundle one. Because, you know, requires move, really. Who wants to have a full-on lightsaber experience with, with just a controller if it's going to be so much better with a move? Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe that comes out later, right? When they, yeah. when they expect that people have them. Yeah. So we talked about... Um, we know we haven't talked about uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Nope. That looked great. I mean, you know, it's Call of Duty, except it's in space as well, and the, the scale is absolutely epic. And that interesting Call of Duty 4 remaster... Call of Duty 4 was by far my favourite Call of Duty. Well, that was the one that opened all of this up. Right, Call of Duty was just like first-person shooter war game like any other, but it was 4 that really kind of just blew the doors off. I think so. I think that was 
um, key moment for the games industry. Yep. But yeah, you know, uh, we'll we'll wait and see. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Um, so, are there any PlayStation exclusives here? Good question. Well, there was the uh, Spider-Man game, right? Uh, which is being done by Insomniac. Yep. Which I would imagine is going to have some element of exclusivity around it. Uh, Sony property. Yeah, but it's it's not so much that it's a Sony property as that it's um well that you know you're talking about the movie right yeah spider-man yeah because because i guess marvel's disney now isn't it yeah it does i don't know how and if um the like all of the bits that go around the movie can translate like Mm. does sony get exclusivity to him in other places maybe maybe not probably not actually but insomniac is a playstation focused team right no, they do pretty much everything. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I'm excited about this. I'm always excited about Spider-Man games because I dream of Spider-Man 2 again. Right. On PlayStation, um, which was just the best game ever, ever, ever. Love that mm. game. And there's never been any that have been as good since, but I have faith that a studio like Insomniac can put together something which is going to be good. Yeah. So we'll see. I I think it's an absolutely brilliant match. I'm so pleased Insomniac are doing this, and I think they'll do a great job. But I mean, obviously, the the uh, Sony studios, the the worldwide studios, and so on, will be exclusive. So, uh, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn, Last Guardian, um, uh, and then of course there was Days Gone. Did you see that with the absolute tons and tons and tons of zombies at the end? Yeah, but an inch, really, int- and they played it on uh, on stage, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked interesting. Looked interesting. Yeah. It reminded me of uh, that that movie World War Z. Yeah, 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 yeah. What do you think of this? Like, they they did a lot of on stage play of this one. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I loved the set piece at the end. Yeah, I don't really. Yeah, it, is are we talking about another post apocalyptic zombie fest, zombie yeah. kill fest? Um, I've seen a few know, of those. Over yeah, the last seen a few years. of those. One or two. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of been done. I'm just interested to see if there's a different take on it. For me, the the most exciting thing was just that set piece at the end where you saw this absolute swarm of zombies to a level you've never seen before in any video game. So, but if that's it, I, will that be enough? I don't know. Um, and I think in terms of the games lineup, that's pretty much it. Um, uh, I just checked single... online, by the way. Yeah. Um, the the Spider Man game is exclusive to PS4. Oh, amazing! So it says that on the on the on the website because I'm watching okay. the trailer now, and I mean the trailer is full of like um, cutscene type stuff, but it looks fantastic. I mean, I am a massive Spider Man fan. Mm. Um, more comics and earlier movies Spider Man, but so I'm very very excited for any Spider Man property. Um, because when done right, he's just the best character in anything ever. So I'm very excited about this. Very excited about this. Me too. I mean, that's why I think Insomniac is a dream team for this. Yeah. I think they will do an absolutely epic job on it. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of like, you know, there's a lot that you can do with Spider-Man, like, you know, Mirror's Edge style stuff even. Just just the 
the traversal of the environment is is enough. If you, yeah. you know, and then if you can add in some good combat stuff, you're you're off to the races. But it's a yeah. difficult thing to do. Yeah, that that's one that would make you phenomenally sick in VR, I would imagine. <laughs> but might be amazing, but would make you ill. Can we talk about the VR a little bit? Yeah. So they they announced the release date, which is October 13th. I got my mm-hmm. Amazon email to tell me it's coming on October 13th, which was a you, surprise. You got yours in pre-order, right? Yeah. I thought yeah. that it was going to be like, and in the EU in November 9th or something. But yeah, currently as it stands, it looks like mine's going to be coming on the 13th of October as well. They announced that new controller, the gun controller, which is yeah. a real nice move. I think that'll be a lot of fun to play first-person shooters and stuff with. Um, it looked like that they announced a bunch of like um, supplementary experiences, like games that were including one VR level, like Final Fantasy and Batman and Star Wars. Was there anything else that caught your eye for PSVR? Like, what am I gonna, what am I gonna get to play? Now, I do want to preface this by saying that last week, me and Federico got an extended demo of the Oculus with the touch controllers. So we are super in on high VR right now. I don't want to talk about this because I don't want to talk about it without him. Unfortunately, Federico obviously couldn't be on here today. Um, so we are super into like really good VR experience right now. So is there anything here? coming for PSVR that we have maybe not seen before or have not seen as much of before that you think is maybe going to blow the doors off? I don't think there's anything that's going to make VR sell 10 times what we expect it to sell. I don't think it's one of those um, one of those years, you know. It's going to be a very strong year. There's going to be a lot of really good stuff, really good stuff. But I don't think there's an, anything that will make you go, you know what? This is the thing that's going to sell 10 times more of the device than we expected. I don't think right. anybody's got that yet. It's okay. too early. Okay. But I do think there's a very strong lineup on PlayStation. A lot of it was behind uh, closed doors after the event. Okay. So um, there's some really, really solid games that were being demonstrated. I don't know if you've had a chance to play Battlezone yet. No. I haven't played anything. I have not tried the PSVR at all. Ah, okay. So that's, that's a totally solid uh video game you know that is perfectly suited to vr and it's absolutely the right thing for psvr as well so i'm looking forward to that but there are a whole bunch of things you know my team signed a whole bunch of games some of which were announced in the run-up uh to e3 which were some were being demonstrated behind closed doors and some are yet to be uh demonstrated in in the public eye yeah see i'm going to take it from you that there's some good stuff coming Right, there is because there you is. know maybe more than anybody else because, as you say, you signed them. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm pleased. I'm pleased with the lineup. You know, I, I'm not going to pretend that there's anything in that lineup that would make me want to, um, I don't know, buy buy VR just on the basis of one title. I mean, I will buy a PSVR anyway, right? Yeah, because because it'd be stupid if I didn't. But um, if I was just a customer. I'm not sure if it would just be the one game that make me want to buy VR. However, there are so many good experiences that I see it as a healthy platform in its own right. And there are very few things on there that make me go, you know what, this just isn't working. That's the really solid thing about VR for me at the moment. Um, the, the curation aspect of PlayStation, I think, is going to work to its advantage in VR. Right. Okay. 
that makes sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, so I would say that was a really, really competent, powerful, AAA-style presentation um, from PlayStation. No focus on indie this time. That didn't surprise me. I know there were a few people on Twitter who mentioned they were disappointed about that. And I said, well, look, you know, if you were running the company, would you have done it any differently? What would you have dropped to make way for other stuff? And how long before your shareholders asked you what the hell you were doing? So I thought it was a perfectly pitched conference. I think there are other venues for uh, more indie style focus. I think PlayStation Experience is a good example of that. I think uh, Paris Games Week is another good example. Yeah, there are several events now where yeah. it's worthwhile spreading out your announcements. This was all about saying we are an absolutely... So I said we again. Oh, my God. Uh, um, no, I'm talking about them. Yeah, so yeah. So this is a place for them. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, I'm almost cured. Um, this is a place where they could say we are now absolutely the place to go, the best place to play, all of the stuff that they come out with. And they would have been spot on in making that claim simply because of the solidity of everything they showed. You know, really solid games, really solid franchises. They're all going to do really, really well. And they all make the machine sing. You know, they look uh-huh. highly impressive. Talking about things they didn't show, Neo. Yeah. Now, I think that was very clever from Andy House. Yeah. So you know? basically, the way that I look at this is they didn't have anything to show up E3 but they knew that Microsoft would. So they basically came out in the press uh, in the days leading up to be like, hey, we've got this console, 4K console. Uh, it's going to be good for VR, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's going to it's going to be out soon. Smart way to do it. Just get it out there. Let people know you've got something. So when you don't have anything to show, it doesn't matter because you've already told people about it. Yeah, there is that. I think there is also the possibility that there was going to be an announcement later. And the reason the announcement was going to be later is because if you've got existing stock in the channel, the worst thing you can do is to um, is to announce something new which makes the stock in the channel less valuable. You know, there are going to be a bunch of retailers saying, okay, when can we expect this device? What do we do about clearing out the stock that we've got? What's the strategy? What's the sales plan? What's the marketing plan for this? And so you don't announce it too far ahead of time unless it's a completely new platform. And of course, Neo isn't a completely new platform. I think unlike uh, Xbox One S, uh, Neo is a, a step up and it's a step up about a year early. I would imagine, I don't have the information, but I would imagine it's going to be a year earlier than Project Scorpio. So there's going to be this interesting seesaw going on. But, but they did I, announce it, though. Like, I, I don't understand yeah. what you mean about, like, the existing stock in the channel. Like, it, the news is out there now. Yeah, I think they did that because they, they've got wind that Microsoft were going to announce right. theirs. So that's why they never planned to put it on stage at E3, but then realized if they don't yeah. say something, it looks like they have nothing, which is also a bad sign. Exactly. So they chose, like, maybe the the way to do it but keep it kind of as as under the radar as possible like they went to the financial times with this right let's try and do our best to keep this quiet but there's nothing that they can do i mean we'll we'll assume right that this is going to be out with the psvr right That, that, that that's the assumption to be made here i think i think that's reasonably safe i wouldn't be surprised if it came out later than psvr right i think it was clever 
because what they didn't want to do was overplay their hand and say this is a brand new all single dancing console because you you upset your existing customers as well but this took some of the wind out of the sails of microsoft's announcement and kind of de-emphasized it a little bit i thought okay so we'll see we'll see i mean obviously they've got to do a proper announcement at some point yeah, I feel like so my my feeling, like if I'm if I'm right on this, is there will be a uh, an announcement in maybe September, where they go over this, where they go over the Neo and give a final push for PSVR. Yeah, Paris Games Week, something like that. That's what is that when that is? I think so. Yeah, if it is around that sort of time, for me that's when they, that's when I expect they're going to do this. I, I mean, I personally believe that this will come out super close to PSVR. Because then they'll be able to do a wicked cool bundle, right? Whole yeah. shebang for like a grand or whatever. But yeah. that'd be good. I mean, I'm going to be missing out on all those bundles because I'm buying everything independently, like a like a moron, right? Like I I didn't get wait for the bundles of the PSVR, so I still had to buy the camera and I still have to buy move controllers on their own. And then I'm going to be buying. Oh, I'm definitely buying this new PlayStation console. By the way, are you? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Why? Well, I'm treating it like. Like when I buy a new iPhone, right? Like I love PlayStation. Yeah. Uh, I love my, uh, I love everything that they do. I'm so in on, on PSVR. Hopefully it's going to give me the experience that I'm looking for. I'm, I'm confident that it will, but we'll see. Um, and if it does, I will want the best console to play it on. So it's like how I upgrade my Apple devices. It's the same kind of idea. Give me yeah. a bit more power. Plus, I mean, I've had, I don't know, how many years is, is it two years on the PlayStation 4 or is it one year? When did it come out? Uh, it was, hold on a minute, it's a bit more than two years now, isn't it? Well, how, however long it's been... This is going to be its third Christmas. There you go. However long it's been, I've had this since it came out. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we're a few years in. It hasn't bricked on me like the Xbox did. So, mm. you know, I'm super in on buying and buying the updated version. And I, and mm. I like that I like that they're making a platform that, you know, not everybody's going to have to update and all the games are going to work, which is something that Microsoft said, which is really, it seems like a really confusing message to me because they're like on stage saying, and every attachment's going to work and it's going to be the best. If they do a VR headset, it won't work with the Xbox One, surely. It, yeah, it's going to be a bit shonky. Yeah, it's like, I feel like that they may have said something that they shouldn't have said. I don't Mm. know, we'll wait and see on that. It'll depend on on the game, you know. If the game isn't very demanding, then it'll be okay. Huh, but, yeah. But my guess is most won't be um, comfortable on that kind of setup. Yeah, it felt like they were trying to say something as if Sony weren't working that way. It, it mm. felt like they were trying to say like, and we're good for this, like, because they were like, and every attachment will work on all of our systems, and it was kind of like they were saying. Unlike the other guys, but mm. from what I can see, every there isn't anything that doesn't work on the PlayStation Four platform. You know, yeah. Anyway, I don't know why they why they were going so heavily on that. I think they said it multiple times, but but yeah, I thought PlayStation had a solid. You know, I think everybody did. Mm. Uh, well, these two had a pretty solid processor. Yeah, solid. Not not outstanding. Not like last year. No, not like last year, but really, really good. Last year was just like, uh, why don't we just make everybody's heads explode? <laughs> right? I think it was a good year of consolidation. It's the mm-hmm. sort of thing you expect when platforms are several years old. And 
I said earlier, third Christmas. No, this is, we've had three Christmases. This is going to be the fourth Christmas. So we're talking about a relatively mature part of the cycle now. Yeah. So you would expect, you know, this sort of really high quality presentation from both camps. Uh-huh. So it's a good time. It's a good time to be buying, good time to be playing. All of the stuff that's coming out is really good. So uh, Nintendo, eh? Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I've not really seen much of Zelda Breath of the Wild yet. Um, all I've seen is people running to go and play it. Mm. Um, and I've seen screenshots and stuff like that. Did you play at all? No. No, I can imagine that the queues were just not worth it, really. I could barely move. Yeah. I, I was really surprised. And I mentioned this to a couple of people, and they said, well, the reason you noticed is actually it's always like this, but you've always been busy before. <laughs> <laughs> I was lucky enough to be sent out by um, the Spanish PlayStation office because right. I'm mentoring some of their teams. So I was nowhere near as insanely busy as I usually am. Right. You and weren't so signing to... deals and, you know, schmoozing and demoing games behind closed doors, you know, like right. I guess it was you used a... to. Yeah. I mean, there's there's none of that. Like, I wouldn't much... be surprised if, like, in previous years, Sony were like, you sit there. And you get up on Monday, right? Like, <laughs> this is your place for the next six days or whatever. Well, we kind of did. You know, we yeah. had we had meeting rooms and we met yeah. people, you know. You had a job to team do. Team after team after team, exactly. I mean, I had a job to do here as well, but it was a lot less intense. You know, yeah. I did some media and so on. But I got to experience the show floor in a way I hadn't done for a very long time. And it was just nuts. Yeah. Just nuts. I mean, you could not move. Try to get from one end of the PlayStation stand to the other, and it took me 10 minutes. Yeah. And we're not talking about a long distance. So so that's good. I mean, that, that for me is kind of like a bellwether of how healthy the industry is. And I'd say it's in a good state at the moment. There was a kind of weird air. I, I, I have to comment on this. There was a kind of a weird air to it, but I think it was because it was all in the aftermath of the tragedy. Um, and I think everyone kind of felt that. Yeah. Um, I I don't think we've had that kind of atmosphere before. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I was a little bit sensitive to what had happened. But um, and that kind of, I guess, made me feel a little bit of cognitive dissonance when I was watching trailer after trailer of violence um i know it's escapism and and i'm not trying to show that there's any kind of link or anything i just felt there was a little bit of that dissonance and i kind of felt less attached and less excited to that kind of thing than maybe i would have done had that tragedy not happened so soon before the the event yeah yeah Yeah, but nintendo basically that you know not much there I mean, they brought out a game, right, that everyone was expecting. Everyone's excited about it. It looks good. It has some weird stuff to it, like no towns, just like pure open world. Uh, It looks graphically quite impressive, and they're still saying that it will debut when the NX debuts. They're still saying March. I am thoroughly unconvinced that they will be uh, shipping in March, but we're going to have to wait and see about that. But, yeah, I guess they're saving all of their powder for NX and yeah, uh, which they should. Stuff. They yeah. should be saving it because they really, at this point, shouldn't have anything else big to come out on the Wii U. Mm. Uh, I feel like they would be wasting time and effort <laughs> from their teams if they try and push that. Um, I, I don't know. I, again, I still don't know why they're bringing Zelda out on the Wii U. 
because it really should be the NX's system seller, but they've made that decision like they did last time. So this seems like a trend with Zelda now. They bring out Zelda when they want to say goodbye to a platform and hello to another one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually. And I, don't, I don't understand that because Zelda is one of their key properties, but you know, there also was rumors and, and, and some news that came out where like they're working on a any new take on Mario type thing. Mm. Um, and I'm very interested to see what that's going to be. I expect that it is like something along the lines of a galaxy, right? So Super Mario Universe, maybe. I don't think it will be a space game, but like in the way that, in the way that they they changed how Mario moved and played, right, by putting it in a non gravity space. I think mm. they're going to do something like that again. Mm. They should retire Mario. Oh, please, I don't, <laughs> I'm not. I have not got the energy to have this conversation with you again today. <laughs> Was there anything else that caught your eye? Um, not massively. As really solid. I, I guess. I didn't get a chance to look at it, but the thing that really excited me was Star Trek Bridge Crew. I'd what love to this? have had a gone at it's a VR experience. Huh. Um, you all got to, uh, I think it's a multiplayer VR experience. You can stick on headsets and be in the Star Trek Bridge. I would just yep. love to do that. That's, that's a really great use. That's, that's a really great kind of game experience you can make. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to that. Um Bethesda announced Quake Champions. I'm an absolute diehard Quake 1 fan, uh, less so the follow-ons. But, um, you know, Quake. I guess a lot of people prefer Doom. I preferred Quake. I was an oddity. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Fallout 4 apparently is coming to the HTC Vive in 2017. So that's interesting. I'd like to see how they're going to make that work. I wouldn't be able to play that. I'd just be creeped out too much. <laughs> No, I think you'd you'd have a go at that. Surely. No, because Fallout Four creeped me out. I, c- I can't play it on console. It creeps me out too much. How many hours did you put into that? Not many, because uh, mm. I spent my entire time living in fear. It's, it's not the type of game for me. <laughs> I can see that something's happened to you, Mike, and you don't like the scary stuff. No, no, I don't. Firewatch was like when I was playing that. I, I was like, I've got to push through. I've got to push through. Yeah. But that was good because it never got too scary. I mean, there was that shocking moment, wasn't there, where you got whacked but and knocked yeah. out. Yep. But apart from that, I think it was just a sense of foreboding rather than fear. Exactly, which I could live with. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, yeah, for me, the best place to chill was a Devolver digital parking lot. It's really funny. They Devolver every year for the last few years have been um, taking up a parking lot opposite one of the halls and they have these uh these silver line um trailer vans and food and drink and it's just really nice and basically all of their developers are there demoing games and so on it's kind of like a a sideline event in its own right yeah it really fits with their brand yeah to kind of like hey we're not going to be involved in all that nonsense i like yeah yeah it that that works well um, apart from that, you know, EA and Activision weren't uh, on the show floor again. Um, Activision haven't been there for a while, of course. Um, but yeah, 
apart from that, not an awful lot that stood out. As I say, just the general quality level across the board is now really high, but nothing that made you go, this is the absolute winner of the show. You know, the thing I love about E3 is the way it's worked its way into the fabric of my life. Right. I remember going with PlayStation in 2006. It wasn't the first time I'd gone to E3, but it's the first time I'd gone as PlayStation. And I remember meeting my friend uh, Jamie Walker there, who wanted my advice uh, on some business negotiations he was conducting because he was just about to set up this little developer called Rocksteady. And, of course, he went on to make an absolute massive success of that along with his partners. And I've never forgotten it for that reason. And much more recently, of course, when I was about to go into the world of development on my own, it was Jamie who in turn was offering me advice. And this is the kind of thing that E3 is is about. You know, you have conversations that you don't necessarily have anywhere else. You're in a very relaxed LA state of mind, if you like. Things like the PS3 launch stand out, but for all the wrong reasons, and the PS4 launch for all the right reasons. And even the Xbox One uh, announcement for mixed reasons. And I think no E3 more than E3 2014 has stamped itself on on my memory and in my life more than E3 2014, because that's where No Man's Sky was announced as a, as a PlayStation game and got all of those show awards I think to wrap up, though, I probably didn't find this E3 as impactful as recent E3s. And there were maybe a couple of reasons for that. The first, as I say, is the general quality level at E3 now is phenomenal. I wouldn't say it's boring. There's lots of stuff still to be really interested about. But nothing that made you go, wow, this is the reason I went to E3, which is no bad thing. It's a sign of a mature industry. It's a sign of a mature cycle. I am maybe getting a little bit tired of the violence, and I think maybe the reason for that is the context into which we went into E3. But I'm glad I went. I really enjoyed it, and I can't wait till next year. Or maybe I'll be at WWC with you. Well, uh, my real hope is that they will split them and we can do both. That'd be nice. I want to see E3 because I've never seen it, and I want to be there and in and around it and just see what it's like. So my hope is that next time we'll be able to do both and then we can do them together. Amen to that. 